Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's supposed to come to the studio in pretty... A lot cooler setting, I think, than the studio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, no. especially because of the circumstance of well, people find out why we came out kind of. Well, actually, we were planning on coming out anyway, but some cool things happened yeah. um, for this, us coming out to record some podcasts. But, uh, man, I mean, you're kind of one of the brain children behind the new Deer Season 21. Um, through, on, so if anybody's watching this, obviously you, you have seen Deer Season 21 and are familiar with that new series. We We may or may not have been watching it on the drive up here. <laughs> so um, I think it's great, man. And I know you guys are putting a lot of hard work into all the new content and stuff in the DeerCast app and on the Jury Outdoors YouTube and stuff. So what's that like, working on that whole project? It has been, man, it's been such a blast. Like a, like I mentioned briefly, you mm -hmm. know, I usually didn't really start getting into a busy edit time of the year until late October, November. Right, right. And when I, you know, talk with Mark, he's like, it starts and it does not stop. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a blast, you know. It's it's a team effort, you know. I don't want to take any sole credit in any way. Of you course, know, Deer yeah. Season Twenty One is guys up here, the guys down in Missouri. You know, yeah, Ben yeah. and Carson have been grinding just as much as I have. Yeah. People laying the footage down. Yeah, I mean, it's that's probably been the most fun part. It's it's a uh, it's not a one man crew, and it's it's been a lot of fun. So it's it's got to be challenging too, because it's like as live as it could get, really, and with the production quality on it is insane for how quick it's like getting rolled out. So like I had every intention. I'm like, you know, cause when Mark and you came to the studio, I'm like, I'm going to keep up with this and stay on it. And I'm like behind now. So now I'm like trying to get like on the drive, trying to catch up on the episodes <laughs> and I'm falling behind on it. So it's impressive how fast you guys are getting new content up. And what's cool as a DeerCast user, it's, it can kind of get you up to speed where they're at almost in real time. Yeah. So yeah. it's, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun, and it's crazy as I feel like we get caught up, and then, as you alluded to, <laughs> we're behind. <laughs> some big yeah. things happened in the past few days. So Right, yeah. Uh, and that's like, it's a good thing because you, I mean, working good and having stuff to do is awesome, but do, is there a weird stress to having to, like, assist in producing a series that gets cranked out, like, like all right, we need to get this and get it rolling and, and let's go, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's the only thing I've ever known, yeah. I guess. You know, so, like, mm-hmm. to me, it's not anything different. You know, I just... Once the season starts, it's pretty much a realization that until it's over, don't sleep a lot. It's a grind, You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> you know, really, like, just a little black, a back story on how the editing started. It was just because I wanted to be in a tree or mm-hmm. just in the woods as much as possible. Yeah. And I realized the only way you get to spend more time doing that is if you edit faster. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's... Which comes to probably staying up all night editing because... You're not hunting when it's dark, and that's yeah. probably the, the t- that's the prime time to get it done. How do yeah. you? So there's a lot of guys that want to do what you do for a living in the outdoor industry. Like, how do you? Like, how did you learn what you know and like get to this point to where you're you're doing these cool series for for Deercast? Like, I mean, I don't know if you how deep you want to get into that, but I mean, there's a lot of young guys probably like, man, I want to do that for a living. Yep. Like, what advice would you have for them? Or like, where do they even get? to go in the direction they need to be to try and pursue something like that? Well, first and foremost, you know, I could talk about you have to have a strong work ethic. You have to have a desire to want to learn. You have Mm -hmm. to have a passion. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be doing things at the level that I'm doing them without the people that I've got to work with up until this point. You know, there's been a lot of special individuals that have invested a lot of time and given you a chance, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, of course, you know, what I, you know, Carson. Hard work though gets you there too. Yeah, there, yeah, no matter yeah. what, you know, if you yeah. were a bum, a lot of those guys wouldn't really ha- like take time to mentor you in certain yep. ways. You know, that's I mean what I've learned anyway. Yeah, that's one of the things about Josh. I always say he he works, he eats, and he sleeps, and mm-hmm. that's all he does. Yeah, and, and that's all I've seen. Yeah, he, his work ethic is is really commendable, and uh, and it's good work. It's not sloppy. Right. Right. So that's that's a. Uh, you know, a credit to Josh and who mm-hmm. he is as a person, you know, and right. you don't see that a lot. Josh, Josh is 26 and, um, you don't see that a lot in, in some people that age. Yeah. Um, but we're blessed in the fact that our entire crew, many of them are young. Mm-hmm. You take Perry, he's 26, Taylor, 26, uh, Carson, Ben, both in their early twenties. Yeah. Uh, Wade's just turned 30, mm-hmm. but their work ethic is just second to none. Yeah. But, but I think it comes from the passion they have about what we do. Yeah. yeah. Um, like 100%. every one of them, th- they work on it all day and then we'll talk about it and visit about it all night. And right. what's the next project? What's the next deer? Like yeah. it consumes everyone's minds. You know, they, they yeah. love, they love the outdoor space and the outdoor lifestyle. And, and, yeah. uh, it's it's really it's a blessing to see so many young people so passionate about something. Definitely. That's something I was going to get to. You know, like you know, eat, sleep, work, pretty much. But you have to be passionate about your work to make your life that. Yeah. Otherwise, it just won't work. And you you could sense that like they're just not in it if you're not truly passionate about why we're all together and why we all know each other and why people are watching this on Deercast. It, you know what I mean? It's yep. all everyone's passionate about the same thing. It's how can you take your passion and make it your work? Really, yeah. it's like and that's hard for a lot of people. And I'm trying to channel that as hard as I can, you know, in my direction, what I do. So it is cool. And that's why I wanted to get to that for some of the younger guys that are looking at someone in your position going, man, that'd be cool to be able to do those and film and edit and produce and get the, these cool series out, um, especially in the turnaround time that you guys have been doing it is incredible. Yeah. I mean, if I had to 
point to one thing that if I could tell anybody that wants to do this, it's don't wait for your opportunity and then decide to try to get better at something. You know I what like I mean? That. Yeah, I like that a lot. Especially in the production world, you could, you know, make a million excuses of, well, I'll wait to get a job or a gig or whatever it is. But, yeah. you know, for me, you know, in the early days, and Carson and I talk about this all the time, but it's like, you have to work outside of work in order to get to where you want to be because mm -hmm. there's a million people out there, like you said, that mm -hmm. want to do it yeah. and they'll do it for, you know, less. Yep. And that's the hard part is I think is that barrier of entry. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other thing too is just, you know, every person you meet, look at it as a way to, you know, expand your network. and For sure. And make new friends and that leads into and that, more. And that's and the thing, like last night we were talking about it. It was kind of the pinnacle moment that I really felt like I'm right where I need to be with the family of people that I've, you know, it's, it's a really surreal feeling. I, mean, I don't yeah, it's know. probably like a cool feeling of like comfort and, but yet motivation and kind of fueling your passion a little bit more behind what your work is. It's happiness. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, really it's happiness and love. I, I talked mm -hmm. to him last night in this barn. I was yep. like, you gotta, you gotta love, right. And if you can't love the people you're working with, what's the use of being there? Life's miserable, man. It's miserable, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so why not get with a group of people you just can't stand to be without, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You yep. want to see them. You want to go have fun. You want that next experience, and you want you want to love them. So yeah. it's uh, it's important. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And as I get a little older and, you know, I've worked different jobs, and, you know, obviously the outdoors is my passion, podcasting. Hunting's my passion. Podcasting's my second passion, but it's bleeding <laughs> in together, you know. Um, I would say we're hunters first. and But anyway, like – it's just, it's cool, man, to be a part of a community and like find your niche in, in this industry, which is a crowded industry and a tough industry. Um, so it's cool to get like footing for really anybody that no matter, like if it's podcasting or video yep. or, or whatever it may be, you know. Um, but I wanted to go back a little bit talking about work because I, I see some comments now, like the the more popular our podcast gets, I see, well, are you guys really working class? Are you guys really doing this? And I think that's worth hitting a little bit because you talked about like like work ethic and work and and I think the a lot of people assume you're not a working class guy unless you're like a pipeline guy or a welder and and I always kind of come back and I'm like if you have the work ethic if you have a work ethic bone in your body if you know how to grind if you know how to hustle no matter what it is you're working class and because somebody has something that they worked really hard for doesn't make them no longer working class mm -hmm. like if you want or whatever big fancy truck and you get it, it doesn't make you now working class because you have a fancy truck instead of a $2,000 beater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you worked your butt off to get the vehicle. Same guys that work to get leases and private ground access and buy their own farm or buy whatever house or whatever, you yep. know? So, so that maybe that's to say you're only working class if you're working at a job you hate. Right? <laughs> well, and, and I think, honestly, I think some people kind of make it be that way, <laughs> but it's like, Hey, listen, you know, some people have passions that they pursue and put their working class work ethic into that passion. Sure. And so it doesn't matter what you, you can sit at a desk mm -hmm. and wear a tie. You can still be working class. Now I understand the allure to the grit of being tattooed and being a welder and, and sure. you know what I mean? I yep, get that yep. that it's attractive. Like that is, I think that is attractive. Actually. I think that type of blue collar, uh, just, you know, what do they call it? Dirty hands, clean yep. money type mentality is cool. Um, but I don't think that means that we should look down on someone that worked hard in, in their passion, um, on a computer behind a camera, behind a podcast, mic, whatever it may be. Yep. Um, cause you know, that's, it's just, you gotta be passionate about it. work ethics, work ethic. 
And, um, you know, regardless if you're out there, you know, Terry still owns a construction company, Mm -hmm. um, works in it every day in some shape or form until the fall comes. That's how I got my start was working construction. Yeah. Um, did my entire, from time I was 12 or 13 till the time I got into the outdoor industry when I met Toxie Hayes. I mean, Mm -hmm. poured concrete, dug ditches, sewer lines, water lines. I mean, you know, so that work ethic stays with you, whether you're working in a blue collar job or whether you're working doing podcasts or editing yeah. or mm-hmm. or you know um anything in the outdoors yeah. that work ethic sticks with you and you you really need it in this space to to get ahead because as you said it's very crowded it's yeah. very crowded with, with some quality people quality, too there yeah, are yeah. a lot of really top shelf unbelievable companies and people in in our industry so yeah he, yeah. he mentioned barrier to entry it's it's very tough to get in this industry i think it's a, it's healthy though right for like the space we're in because I imagine in some of your work, it's made you force yourself to think outside the box or become more creative or like look at certain things differently or, hey, this, this and this has already been done. What if we what's I have an idea? What if we try to this angle or whatever it may be, some new fresh idea? And I'm sure that a lot of that motivates guys to get like outside of their creative mind mm-hmm. a little bit and get after new things. Um, podcasting, it does. But it's like, how much can you do and where can you take it? Yep. You know? So that's a fun part of it. Yeah, deer season 21, I mean, that's it's just crazy. It feels like we've already been doing it a full season. <laughs> We're just you know getting I mean? started. Like, <laughs> how, how many are out now at the time of recording this? There's, I'm a pile. 11. 11? I'm way behind. Get you some of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm way behind. 11, 12 comes out today. And oh, man. There's a lot So when you coming. say it comes out today, do you mean you've already, like, it's already being released, or you have to go back after this and wrap it up? I'm just trying to get to, like, some of the – because I know when we get done here, you're going back to work. Yep. And that goes back to what we were saying. <laughs> and sorry to bring that back to you. But. No, no, you're good. No. Uh, ben actually completed one of the episodes down with uh, Terry. So. Oh, awesome. Cool. So uh, he's talking about Ben Stallman, yep. who, who takes care of Terry's and Matt's season. Gotcha. And then Carson – is here working as well who's working on dream season live yep. and then josh in conjunction with guys at our studio are working on deer season 21 josh doing the lion's share of it then the the safety valve there is the guys at the studio who have their own set of criteria that they're working on other stuff you know right yeah uh, but they help backfill just to try and keep the series flowing you know because mm-hmm. you get three kills the same night i mean he can't he can't yeah he's, he's not you know, he's not superhuman. He's you'd, close. You'd be drowning. Yeah, <laughs> he's close. But you, you have to have the right personnel in place to yeah. to get it all done and get it all out there. So The yeah. work to even schedule, like, who gets what and how it needs to be, like, coordinated that efficiently has to be – at first it's got to be, like, fairly daunting until you find your groove, I would imagine, right? There was some of that, I think, up yeah. front. But you've got the flow pretty good right now. Yeah, no. Yep. It's um, falling into place and making sense. I mean, 11, I mean, you guys are hit the ground running, running fast. <laughs> and, and on top of that, those eleven, those eleven installments, it'll be eleven. There's ten out. Taylor does all of our metrics and stuff online. Mm-hmm. We hit two point six million minutes watched yesterday. Wow! So it's being consumed at a high, high level. Like that's Great. a pile of of views <laughs> yeah. and minutes. And that just adds to it. That's gonna make it feel way better. Oh, People yeah. are enjoying it and watching it and all that. That's yeah. incredible. No, it's it's just cool to see that the hard work that you know, like I said, the, the guys filming it, the guys hunting mm-hmm. us on the production side. Yeah. It's just cool to see people's reactions be very positive and appreciate it for what it is. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that's the one thing you notice about, especially on the YouTube world, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. Oh, it's bad. Who like to tell you what you did <laughs> wrong or, you know, I see it a lot where it's like, Mark and Terry, you go hunt public land, do this, hunt this way. And it's like, 
We did. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like that. I think now that I whole, own a farm. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> well, I mean, that goes back like you worked to a certain. It's that, that's. I mean, we cut our teeth on Rathbun, you know, yeah. and yeah. public ground in southern Missouri, and I yeah. mean, that's just you know, it's, it's what we did. So, and, but but that's okay. Those folks that say negative things, they're still watching and they're still yeah. fans. I always use the the correlation. Like I'm a big baseball fan. You know, mm-hmm. I love the Cardinals. So I read every story and I'm, I, all the people on Twitter that I follow are all baseball writers. And yeah. there's a list of just negative people just pounding the Cardinals every night. Yeah. But they're pounding the Cardinals every night, which means they watch every game. Right, right. They're upset when they lose. <laughs> and that their passion, right? right. Yep. So is it, I th- don't mind those negative comments because right. they're they're taking the time to write it because they took the time to, to watch it. Yeah. And okay. I, yeah. I appreciate that, you know, and um, I, I like can all, always do that. better. Yeah. You know, it's it's the truth. There's still someone that's taking the time to watch your stuff. So for sure. And where I was going with that is that, you know, you asked about one of what are the things you do, why do you like to do them? Mm-hmm. One of the personal responsibilities that I've always felt as a producer is it's my job to, one, tell the story of the hunts. I want the viewer to feel exactly how the hunter did. Mm, yeah. I think yeah. creating some sort of emotional connection there is the best thing you can do because why are you watching it? For sure. Because yeah. you can't be there or maybe you don't live in a state that you could do it. But yeah, yeah. Number The other part is it's like I take it personally with the guys that I work with or the video I'm doing. It's like. They're great people. Mm-hmm. They work their asses off. Right, right. I'm sorry. Can you can. I don't know what we can say that. Yeah, we can bleep it. It's sorry. No, that's fine. <laughs> they work but their asses like, off. I'm, you know, I'm, you used to be, I'm used to being saying whatever I want in working class, and then I'm yeah. trying to be like clean. Uh, oh, you could say that. I mean, there's nothing but wrong with that. My point but. is, is like, there's, you know. <laughs> Behinds. Behinds. You know, you talked about. Buttocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. But you spoke about family. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things that, you know, with Ben and Carson, I've you have a responsibility and yeah. that's what deer season 21 is, is a representation of everybody involved for sure. Yeah. And so to see it paying off it, that's the good feeling. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? It's not the, to me, views are awesome and they're important, but yeah. the people is much more important to me. And that's where that. that responsibility to me comes. I get in. that. I think that's a cool way to look at it too. And not only like if someone were to, that kills a deer on, on that series, you can kind of you probably think about them a lot when you throw together that hunt. Oh, yeah. Like man, that's how they're gonna look back. It's almost like a home video for them for that memory and hunt. You know, so I, that's cool. I think that's a cool angle to look at. And uh, you know, like the negative comment thing. I like the way you look at that, Mark. And I, what I was gonna get you talked about like the sports reference. Do you think it's kind of the same comparison of? As I, I don't watch anything ball sports at all. I don't, but. You know, I, I see you guys be like, oh, man, that idiot when he did this. Well, it's like, you know, he's not an idiot. He's a high-level professional athlete, and <laughs> we can never do anything they do. And do you think it's just like a – is it one of those things? Like, you don't really think the guy's an idiot. No. Doing it. Is it like – are like those I the said, comments? People show their passion in many different ways. Right. And some people show it in a negative fashion, you know. <laughs> On YouTube. That's okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I always look at it that way. And secondly, if they're picking on us, they're leaving somebody else alone. So, you know, <laughs> okay. we, we got broad shoulders. We could take it. And right. we, we read it all. And we try to yeah. try to make sure everybody um, understands that we want to do right by them. And we want to produce stuff that they're interested in. So for sure, yeah. we do take them to heart. And we try to respond back yep. to everybody. Yeah, definitely. Because um, we, we love the fact that they took the time. Yeah, yeah that's a good point to look at. But, all, you know, I see some comments on ours like, you guys need to cover more of this. I'm like, well, we've done almost 500 podcasts. We have covered that, <laughs> and not every episode we're going to cover a five-acre piece of property on every episode for, or an hour long for 500 episodes. So, 
it, don't see one episode and then leave a hate comment and think we never talked about that territory. <laughs> like we have, they only and, know what they know in their mind. That's you know, it. So. That's it. And, and you know, whatever, bless their hearts. Yep. But no, I think it's great, man. I think uh, deer season 21 is, is killing it. Deercast right now is killing it. We're proud to be a part of this family. It's cool that you're a part of the family. I mean, really about the same time. No. I yeah. mean, we came a part of it, you know, and so it's cool the way it's working out. Essentially. Yeah. yeah. I've known both of you about the same amount of time as well. Maybe Kurt one, one year longer, but mm-hmm. uh, both of you have affected us greatly in the last three years. Mm-hmm. How long have we been podcasting together, Kurt? Three, four years? On and off three years, I would yeah. say. Yeah. I met Josh two and a half years ago, two three years ago. 2019. Okay, yeah, so two same, years ago, the same. same. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's pretty cool to see how it's evolved, and here we sit today, and yeah, beautiful Southern Iowa and Decatur County, and we're not hunting tonight because Deer Cast says poor. <laughs> we're podcasting. I know podcasting you, says great. You know what's funny is <laughs> podcast. That's a good. We need to add that in. So we we were planning on coming earlier this week. Yes, and. Deercast was good in these certain days, and I and and you saw him those days, didn't you? I saw my buck those yeah. days, and it, it's it's real, man. I'm telling you, it's, it's like legit. you can't. It's it might seem like smoking beers, but it's not. So I'm like, okay, Mark wants me to come down and podcast. That's cool. I'm gonna do it. But I'm like, hey, man, like it's looking good. And I almost used your own tool against you to like not oh, hold me to come down. Like, I'm like, look at man, screenshot of Deercast, <laughs> and you're probably like, you son of a. <laughs> no, I I get it. You know, and that's why we picked these days because yeah. it said poor and it's blazing hot and yeah, it's, it's, you know they'll move a little bit. It'll be quite late, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. That's what my my camera's been telling me the same thing. But uh, most of it after me. dark. Yep, yep. yep. Definitely two hours after dark is what I've got the last two nights. Yep. So I'm not even sweating it. Yep. And really, it's coming. You know, we got our rain, which is great, but it was so dry, and I made a couple moves, and I'm like, man, I just need rain to kind of wash everything and clean everything up. I was I was riding the Rogue Ridge in, and that. I always call it my magic carpet because you're kind of like gliding <laughs> you in, glide you know, to right your spot, yeah, which is pretty cool. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, good day for podcasting. But it's a great day for podcasting, Kurt. <laughs> I love so it, man. Which which episode have you enjoyed working on the most so far, Josh? You've done several hmm. so far. Well, selfishly, the Missouri Double was awesome just because of that night. Yep. that's, that's mm-hmm. a night I'll never forget. Yeah, you know, Wade yeah. and I, it got, it got fast-paced really and that's what i'm trying to say here yeah it got really frantic <laughs> I, I, I was falling yeah quickly. i mean it was just like the hunt, we were done the hunt was yeah. over and yeah. then we look up and it's like here he comes and he's dead and then we're like oh my gosh mark comes up we're telling the story and he goes well which one do you want to track first and we're like what are you talking about <laughs> i mean we had no idea none at all so you, you just hit him with that and he, you let his own brain process it I yeah mean, yeah just dial tone for a second because yeah. <laughs> ours was you know I, i'd already hit him early in the evening and we went and waited till they gave us the okay to come in yeah and then i that's when i told him you know i wanted wanted to surprise him a little bit yeah no that was a cool moment that was a cool yeah. moment for carson that was the first deer our first buck he's ever filmed um so that awesome. one was pretty special yeah but I think my favorite one, honestly, was Austin's, the first one. Yep. You know, that yeah. was. That was a good episode. Really that, good. Well, it was beautiful views, you know, a place that I definitely someday hope to see. Mm-hmm. And it was also a very big, you know, that was the first time you and I have ever given feedback, made yep. changes, et cetera. Worked together. And that was a, you know, a very cool experience. This is a kickoff for it, really. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Setting the tone for the season of it. Yeah. And I changed a lot when I watched it. Yeah. You know, that was a first time in a long time that i've had somebody you know challenge me to do stuff differently and yeah that, that was one of the big reasons why this i think is such a great fit you know for sure personally you know mark is 100 percent 
always going to have your back to try to make you a better person. That's great. You know what I mean? And that's cool that environment means, to be a part of. Yeah. It means yeah. the world to me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so that, that episode was a pretty special one. Yeah. So they've I all been too. cool though. Content wise. I mean, absolutely. The team kills big it. Deer. Man. It's, I enjoyed <laughs> Brian's episode out there in Wyoming. I mean, that, <laughs> that dough with the water coming out mm-hmm. of her mouth yeah. and all yeah. the multi cameras he and Cody had out. I mean, those guys are, they're rock stars. It's why they won producer of the year oh, last year, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then Greg and Casey killed it in Colorado. They yeah. were producer of the year two years previous. And, you know, the guys are just – we have a really talented group of, of guys that produce. Yeah, mm-hmm. on another level. The best in our, yeah, on another level. The best in the industry by far. Yeah. Greg and Casey just came up to see us at the studio, I mean, a couple months ago. Yep. Came in and podcasted with us. And we have that – The it's now become like a famous story within our listeners that Doug fell asleep during one of uh, Greg's stories. <laughs> Did you hear about that? No. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it later. But we had a long day at a trade show, and Doug may have had a couple beers, and we had a big steak dinner. And then we go back to the hotel suite. <laughs> Food coma. And Doug's sitting, in, we're sitting on the couch. It's me, Austin Chandler, Doug, and then it's uh, Greg and Casey over here, and we're podcasting, and Austin's like nudging me. And I'm looking around, and I look over, and Doug's just having a nap. <laughs> and I just halt the whole podcast. I'm like, hey, dude, we're talking about 200-inch deer here. Are you okay? And I, he was so embarrassed. He feels so terrible about it to this day. But it's great because Greg and Casey just razz him about it every time. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So pretty much in the comments on the – it was a video podcast, too, which added to it. And the comments, like, oh we're, my. we're here to see Doug sleeping because yeah. they heard us talking about <laughs> sure. it. Sure. So, um, that's just a fun story. So – First time that's ever happened with our crew, so sorry, Greg. No. That's funny. <laughs> Josh, what what type of time do you think it takes per episode of you punching keys? You getting 30 hours per episode, 20? I'd say 10 to 15. Very nice. 10 to 15 hours per episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it. I don't know, man. Once it starts, it's just like I'm possessed. You get in the I, I zone don't, don't and, and go. Yeah, that's what that's, I've noticed. Like he'll edit extremely fast and get the episode done, and then it's like it sucks all his energy and creativity. And then you got to chill mm. doing other t- things for a day or two. And then he'll go tackle another one. You know, I get that. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. he's no, got it. He's got it. Like his brain battery, creativity battery has to recharge. Yeah, you know? I, I mean that's a thing. You know, it's would, a thing. What? How do you when you get footage and all this and you kind of know the rough i know i'm sure you know the story roughly before you go through footage for most of it um how do you even do you just watch it all everything you have and then start chopping or do you watch and chop at the same like what's the method to the madness here so going back to what i kind of said earlier don't give away your secrets though but i just i'm trying to tap in a little bit to see what how you even go about it number one the first thing i want to do is i want to talk to the person about what the hunt you know, usually when a person calls you, they say, dude, this is what happened, right? Right, yeah. That is exactly how the viewer should feel when they get done watching your video. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know, because, yeah, like, yeah. the person who knows the story the best is the person that was there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So For sure. that right there gives me the mold or the emotion that I'm trying to communicate. You know, and that's yeah. my favorite thing about making videos is ideally, if it's done right, you feel something after it. For sure. Um I listen to all the interviews first, you know, because the number one thing you're going to figure out is what do I have footage for? Mm-hmm. What don't I have footage for? So more or less, it's figuring out what am I not going to show? What yeah, can't yeah. we show? Right. What wasn't filmed, et cetera. And then it just kind of starts. You know, honestly, the hardest yeah. part is finding music. I, that <laughs> really? sounds stupid, but like, I think music, again, uh, editors all have different perspectives on what's most important, but yeah, music to me 
can make or break an emotional connection or feeling or yeah definitely if it's too slow that's one thing that i've you know him and i've worked on a lot is pace you know what i mean and being able to pick up and then slow down pick up and slow down and mm-hmm. you know it's i don't that would probably be the the, the secret per se yeah. i don't even know if it's a secret it's just a i you get know, that i i, I pay attention to music a lot when i watch videos i'm very like music focused yeah so i, I get that like i think that would probably be my hardest thing too because I, w- I feel like it's just like being indecisive on what should go where and how it should go. Yep. Well, music is the emotion of the piece. Yep. You know, yeah. like music can make you happy, can make you down, sad a little bit. Tense. You know? Tense. Yeah. Make you excited. So yep. got to have the appropriate music. I yep. like what you said, though. You listen to the story first. That makes a lot of sense. And it seems, now that you say that, it seems obvious. But I just I just picture, like, you know, you get, you have all this footage and it just probably seems overwhelming. Like, yep. for me, with not having an ex- any i have minimal experience with that not on your guys's level i'm just like it just seems like so much but that makes a lot of sense like it kind of gives you the casting yep. of what you need and then you can fill in in the mold there and kind of paint that that story how they basically explained it to you that does make a lot yeah. of sense and you know you talked about the work ethic or the motivation but it's a privilege to be trusted with somebody i mean that's a and that's something carson and i talk about all the time if somebody's going to give you all of this footage and say, hey, represent me well, mm-hmm. that's a huge responsibility. For sure. Because nobody's going to watch a video and go, man, that Josh guy's an idiot. Why do he put, <laughs> you know, why is this, right. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. And so, like, that's something I take very seriously. If, he's you know, a keyboard warrior. Because <laughs> he, his name's not on it. It's his work, but it's the guy, you know, it's a, yeah. or the girl, whoever it is, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah, I get <laughs> Yeah, so <laughs> he can make him look really bad if he wants to. Myself, Terry, it, t- it takes a lot of work to make us look good, you know. So <laughs> you gotta get Not real true. creative. Yeah, now, I get, I get that though. I mean, yeah, it's there is some trust in that. It's yep. like, hey, don't make me look like an idiot because this, you know what I mean? A bad edit. <laughs> I mean, you had me editing the stuff. You'd be like, man, we look really dumb, Kurt. You gotta have Josh fix all of this for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it go. No, it's yeah. It's my job as a podcaster is to seem really dumb so my guests seem really smart <laughs> well it takes me not a lot of effort to get that vibe across <laughs> that's nah, why it, that's why it works that's why i'm working class you know yeah <laughs> well i'm a college dropout so you know that's hey you're doing just fine i think yeah <laughs> no it, I'm trying to think of anything else that comes to mind of what is important in making these things no, number one is just enjoying it yeah. i love every single okay that's a lie there are definitely <laughs> moments that you're just like, man. You said it best. G- give me, a, give me an example of that. Like, what, what's one thing you're like? I hate this. Or maybe you don't even say that. Maybe you don't ever hate anything that much. But like, you know what I mean? Every job has a, a something about it. You're like, ah, it's my least favorite part. I hate when I can't get things done quickly. I hate falling behind. You know, and that's like one thing. Like, when you yeah. shoot something every other day. It's pretty easy to fall behind right. in the semi-live world. But, that, but that's just pressure on yourself, though. Yeah. That's like a self-inflicted. But it's I mean, real pressure. It's real pressure. It's real pressure, yeah. You know, he doesn't have a month to get it done because right. then there's, you know, right. the, 40 the, others. The pressure 20 others. of the timeline, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I honestly don't know if I could point to something in the actual job itself that I hate or that I've ever gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. That's healthy. I mean, the reason I got into it, I mean, I've told him this story, but when I, like I mentioned, I dropped out of college because I got a job offer from Bill Winky, mm-hmm. and I was terrified to tell my mother. And I'm like, oh, no. Of course. She Mom. was completely cool with it. She was. She's like, go back to school. You know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Make it happen. Right. My dad freaked out and said, 
grow up, get a real job, <laughs> stop messing around. You can't make money in the woods. And I yeah. was like, watch me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And from there, that was a motive, you know, just watching my dad take one week of vacation. It, it goes back to what you said. We're all here for one reason. Mm-hmm. And it's an appreciation and passion for yeah. what we, you know, are looking at outside yeah. the woods. For sure. The friends. And uh, how, how long ago was that when you dropped out of school to do this? Like when your dad kind of had 17. 2017. So yep. um, has it has his like, I, I'm, oh, of yeah. course, I'm assuming it's changed, right? Yeah, we talk about it. I mean, anytime he sees a You're video. You're rubbing in his face? No, <laughs> no. Kidding. I mean, again, he's he's a great man. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah, he just, yeah. Again, he, he's concerned for his son. Yeah, success. it could have went yeah. wrong, and that's where, you know, again, I'm very blessed to have worked with the people that I have. I mean, again, yeah. I can't sit here and go, I'm the reason why. I mean, yes, you, you take advantage of opportunities or you yeah. work really hard. Hard, hard but, work creates opportunity, man. You know, I think I've there's a lot of people that I think lose sight of who helped them get there, and that's something sure. I never – you know, yeah. I want to lose, you know, it's, yeah, that's, a, that's it takes a, a village as you know, you say, so for sure. It, uh, yeah. Well, you're killing it, man. And it's cool to be involved in the same family that you're in. And it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. No, so man, I, you're going to kill it. You're going to keep killing it. It's awesome. If anyone for some reason is watching this and hasn't seen deer season 21, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> um, because <laughs> Go watch that first, then come back and watch the rest of our podcast. But uh, no, you're killing it, man. And I'm glad we were finally able to yeah. get the podcast in. And this just, just means next time you guys will have to come to the studio I'm in. and record. 100%. And in. Then we can do a three. And you can say uh, the ASS word on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, anything else you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Literally. Yeah. It's just it's what we do, man. That's yeah. that's the beautiful thing about having two separate deals. It's fun this way, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, we can tap into different areas. So absolutely, it's, it's important. Hey, appreciate thank you, man. Appreciate you. you. Good work. Thanks for the job. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for job. Many jobs well done. Now get back to work. Awesome. Yes, sir. Hey, and now we're saying go shoot a giant. That's what they're, we're saying on this. So we'll, I love it. This goes into the Giant Tracker series. Uh, thanks for watching the podcast. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We appreciate the support. Share it up, like it, leave us some comments, get in DeerCast, let us know what you think, and we will get with you. We'll get some uh, episode recommendations as we roll along with this. So go shoot a giant. Hope you enjoy this Giant Tracker segment. Hey, guys, the fourth Giant Tracker segment here on Working Class on DeerCast, and we have Mr. Ben Rising uh, calling in via Zoom. And we've been meaning to have you in studio, in the Working Class Bowhunter studio, because we're kind of in between two of your properties, it sounds like. So we've been chatting a little bit. So uh, this works for now, but I would like to see you in the studio soon, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I plan on trying to get there. I'm, you know, got to make my uh, presence known in the famous working class bowhunter studio, you know. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, just have the madman be the only one to <laughs> grace his presence in there. That's what I was going to say. I was like, well, if Mark Jury can make it here. I think you can figure it out, too. So. <laughs> But no, I mean, we've been chatting for, I mean, a little while off and on over the months and uh, this giant tracker segment came up. You were featured in one of the giant tracker segments on DeerCast, um, more specifically for the buck, the King eight, um, which I think is awesome. I gravitate to giant eight pointers. I think they're super interesting. Um, I almost would take a big giant eight over like a big giant 10, just because it takes more. They had to be more of a specimen to score higher as an eight pointer, you know? Yeah, they, it takes a big frame and tall tines usually, you know, for yeah. an eight to get up there or lots of mass. Right, yeah. It's, it's kind of have to have, like, 
one really strong feature or a strong features of all of them. Like I have, I have three eight pointers in the 150 range. I consider a buck over 130 as a clean eight pointer, a good buck. Um, oh yeah. So let, let's talk about the King eight, man. I mean, you can start the story wherever, but how big is the King eight? What kind of eight pointer are we talking here? 161 <laughs> is what he gross scored. Yeah. That's insane. That's a giant eight. Yeah. He, uh, he looked giant too. <laughs> yeah. Just frame. You know, and the funny, the, the sad thing was, is I, and I don't have this farm anymore. I leased it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a farm that I was leasing and it was 300 some acres in Eastern Illinois. It was a great farm. Um, but man, it was just so darn expensive. Like I was leasing it through base camp. Now some, some other guys from Virginia have it and they, they killed like a one eighties or something the next year, I guess, you know, oh, really? um, so, but I had a really nice 10 pointer that I was trying to kill or this eight pointer. And the eight pointer was just a lot more visible. And, you know, when you're doing a show and trying to run around and film, you got to shoot the one that's going to give you the shot present itself, you know, and I would have been happy with either one. So and I, I kind of thought, well, I'll just get the 10 next year. Then I just decided to let it go just for the price. I mean, I, it was just stupid. I was like, I could buy ground for what I was paying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I did, <laughs> but. Well, good for you, you man. Know. Illinois is expensive and people think, you know, it's, you know, you can buy a buck tag over the counter here and that's probably what jacks the price up in Chicago, maybe a little bit, but I feel you, man. It's hard to find a lease that you can afford every year. You got to work. Yeah. In Ohio's the same way. I mean, I where I live in Ohio, you're talking 30, 50 bucks an acre now for leases. It's crazy. Yeah. Just to shoot a stupid deer, you know? And I mean, <laughs> right. It has really gotten commercialized really bad, you know? And I mean, we're all guilty of it. That's the sad part. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I've kind of been the, a demise of my own situation in a sense, you know, like making my area really popular in Ohio. And, you know, now mm. it's, uh, I struggle with growing deer past three and a half, four and a half years old around here anymore. Cause there's just so much hunting pressure, Yeah, you know, and it didn't used to be that way. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, know, but, and you know, it's just with the TV and videos and everything, things have changed. Like, you know, back in the day, TV, the only place you could watch hunting was on TV or a DVD. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's at the, it's your fingertips. Right. And yeah. so there's so many more people into it. There's so many, mm-hmm. you know, they've changed laws in every state, you know, for like crossbows, different things. So it, it's just allowed a lot more people to be in the timber. Mm-hmm. You know? For sure. And people are better hunters now because they're more educated. We have a lot more advancement in technology for people to be better hunters. For sure. You know, Plus a lot the of these information. Just the information in general. I mean, DeerCast yeah. alone to podcast to YouTube to everything. Yeah. You know, people can learn anything they want right now, which is yeah. crazy. But um, going back to this eight pointer, so you said you you would have shot the ten pointer or the eight. You thought you know you'd go after the ten next year. I mean, how long did the cat and mouse game work out with this buck? Was it a cat and mouse type situation? I mean, how long? Two days. <laughs> two days so man (laughs) yeah i mean so i waited to hunt until like late october Mm -hmm. i can't remember the exact dates right at the moment but um because that was back in 19 i think it was i shot that deer um and so i waited till late october the you know i was kind of seeing on my spartan cell cams you know i live in ohio this is illinois so I rely on cell cams to kind of tell me when the scrapes are heating up and just when, when deer activity is getting better and I'm going to like, okay, I'm going to jump in the truck and it's time to go hit the road and see what deer are doing more. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was starting to just be more active. All the bucks were, they always are late October. We all know that, mm-hmm. but, uh, he started to be a little more active in daylight. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go try a certain area of the farm. And the very first night we slid in and hunted the little green food source next to some standing beans with some cover and a bedding hollow there. He actually came out into the beans, was pushing some does around. Um, I thought we were actually going to get him to come to us. I called to him, you know, a couple times and I got him in that plot, but he just stayed out at like 50 yards. And I just didn't want to take that shot. I was like, you mm-hmm. know, I felt confident I could get on him again, mm-hmm. you know? So smart. We just, yeah. So we just kind of, I didn't want to push it. And I kind of took the info. I felt good that I saw him the first night. I was like, this is awesome. You know? Mm-hmm. And he was huge. I'm like, wow, that is one heck of an eight, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I had no qualms about shooting him at that point. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be completely tickled with this deer if I can get him. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. So at that point I was like, I'm going to need to make a move because I think I know what he's going to do again tomorrow type of thing. And so we did a hang and hunt the next evening. Um, and we, we ended up getting him that evening, but you know, it was a situation where he would come into the field um, and we knew he was, he was kind of searching, he was looking for does and trying to find that first available doe. So when those mm-hmm. bucks are doing that, they're coming to any food source they can scoping for does. Mm-hmm. And we knew he was going to come to that beans close to that green source. And that's exactly what he did. He come out into those beans looking, he was, uh, probably 150 yards away. And, uh, it took a little coaxing, but after a, a serious calling session of some grunts and bleats making it sound like a buck some bucks chasing does around the corner that he couldn't see and then actually banging some black racks together a little bit mm-hmm. he finally broke at that point no kid came. just like the curiosity got the best of him and he came in to check it yeah. out yeah yep. i mean it was you just got to be able to read deer language mm-hmm. you know like you know when to when you can push a deer and when you can't push a deer yeah and he was giving me all the signs that i could still push him you know gotcha. he was curious he was flicking his tail and he was he actually stopped and peed down his legs right there. Like I oh, knew no he was like, yeah, he was just like, dang it. You know, like, what do I do? What do I do? And finally, when I did that rattle in a little bit and he just couldn't see those deer that, that just had it, you know, mm-hmm. and I snort wheezed at him actually too. And then he finally, he, once he committed, he was on a string. I mean, he came right to us 27 yards. No kid. So that's probably a key factor in calling out a deer, right? Like it just brings up a good point, whether or not, like if they can see down into a bottom where you're at and you're grunting and doing all that stuff and they can see, they can't see anybody down there. They're probably less likely to come in versus if there's like a blind corner or something where they're like, man, I need yeah. to turn around there to look that that's probably, do you think that's one of the big factors in like calling out a big mature whitetail like that? Oh, I do. And you know, there, it's kind of like a turkeys are notorious for that. You know, like if they can't see like the deep, you know, if a big gobbler, you know, like around here, we call them drive-bys. These turkeys in this big timber, they'll come driving by. Like if they can't see you or they can't see the hen when they pop up over that ridge, they're gone, Mm, you know, and that's what these bucks will do too. Like he knew there was a whole side of that field he couldn't see. Now, if he knew he could see the whole field, I doubt that he would have came. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, he, uh, so I kind of was fortunate that I had set up where that corner was behind me, but just his body language alone, a lot of people don't understand how to read deer language Mm -hmm. and when they're pushing them too hard or when they're not. And 
I don't like the blind call a lot, but sometimes I do because most of the time they're going to try to get downwind to you if they can. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he comes in on a string. He said you watched him Pete on his leg. He comes into like, what did you say, 26 yards? 27 yards. Yeah. 27 yards, just right under you or what? Just, yeah. I mean, pretty much. I mean, on the video, you can watch it. He, he comes across this field. We film him all the way across the waterway, comes right through the cut beans, right out in front of me. I'm dialing my HHA. You can see it on video. I dial it right to where I need it. I range it, dial it, wait for him to get to that spot, stop him and pinwheel him. <laughs> no, did you watch him go down? Oh, uh, no, he cleared the field, but uh -huh. I mean, he, you could tell he was, he was smoked, you, you know? know, you know, when you hit on that, you're just like, Oh, oh yeah. yeah, money. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. talk about walking up to this buck, because I know, you know, you, you said you thought he was massive. You're excited. It's a giant eight pointer, a 161 inch mainframe. It's insane. Um, were you surprised with how big it was when you, when you got up to him or is it, or was he what you were expecting? No, he actually felt bigger once I got to him. You know, I mean, I knew he was big, but once I got my hands on him and got behind him, mm -hmm. I mean, then you could see, I was just like, holy smokes, this deer's a lot better. than I thought he was even, you yeah. know, um, so I, I felt really blessed. I mean, it, it was incredible to, he actually was a nine. He mm -hmm. had a little G four, but we called him the King eight because he was a big eight the year before. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so okay. he had got the name King eight. So when we killed the deer and everybody, you know, we called it the King eight on Facebook, you know, for our posts and everything, of course, every jackass gets on there. It's nine points. You dummy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh my gosh, man. I mean, it's like the, the G four is like that big. I, we didn't even count it. <laughs> I'm the same way um, as, as you are. Like if I see, like if I shoot a nine pointer like that, I'm like, Oh yeah, he's a big mainframe eight. Like I just, I do the same thing. Yeah. If you're like one, two, three, four, you know, counting it, but yeah, I I've, we get those comments on some of our deer posts. And I actually, when I was looking at pictures of the King eight online uh, earlier this week, I saw some of those comments in there. They're like, I know math is pretty hard, but I count nine. So yeah, exactly. I, I actually was going to bring that up before you said it, that, you know, anything that's, I just consider it a mainframe eight anyway, even if it's a yeah. nine pointer, I don't know. That's just me. Like he's going to yeah, score as a mainframe eight. Yeah. I mean, now if he'd had like a 10 inch G four or six inches, I guess it'd be different. It's different. Yeah. But, but the things like, it's like an inch if, if not, and he was a clean eight for the last two years. Yeah. You know, oh, so he just sense. got the name King eight. Well, maybe those people will watch and listen to this podcast and they'll be like, yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. And then maybe you'll get a little less of that in the future. If you kill another yeah. giant eight with, I a don't count on it though. Social media people are, uh, you know what it's like. Oh, they're in their own. They're in their own planet, man. It's fine. Yeah. You need them though. In a weird way. Yeah, that's them. right. <laughs> the, the thing I can never figure out though, Kurt is like, you know, it's one thing for people to think stuff, but to actually type it out and say it, it's like, come on. I've always you wondered know? that in, in the deer hunting community, I mean, it's every community, every industry's got those people. It's just social media or human nature. And I don't know what causes people to like leave negative reviews and thumbs down on videos and stuff. You know, you know what I do if I don't like something or don't agree with it, I don't do anything on the videos. Move or, on. I move on. I move on. <laughs> it's kind of like the whole uh, political issues of like, you know, like most Republicans like us, you know, are just kind of like, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. Whatever. I'm going to go yeah. about doing live my life yep but this other agenda now it's like it's life or death if you don't believe what they believe for sure it is and, and it's it's the dangerous road to go down like that type of ideology in any facet of 
you know, religion, politics, hunting, disagreements, yeah. hunting, anything. It's just a dangerous path to go down, I think, as a society. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, at least we all have each other on DeerCast. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, hey, man, I, I appreciate you telling the story. It was, it was quick and simple. That just leads us into, I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you about, but it's not, it, it's due for its own podcast. So yep. I know you'll make it happen because I'm getting ready to head to Illinois here probably next week sometime. Okay. And so maybe we can get an evening where we can all catch up at the studio there and let's do it. You know, we'll have a cold beer waiting for you and we'll talk deer hunting. Okay. Sounds good, man. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for doing this. Yep. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this. Thanks for watching giant tracker. The fourth segment, I'm trying to keep track as we go along. So thanks brother. And I'll link, um, if, if I can, I'll link that hunt in the description of the podcast so people can watch the King eight. Yeah. They'll enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, and all events on whitetail edge. So awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, man. Hope you yep. guys enjoyed watching and listening. We appreciate you. Go shoot a giant. We'll see you on the next one. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStand, the number one hunting and land management app.